Have you tried diet after diet without finding long-term success? Well, believe it or not, it's not you. So many people think they know what they need to do to get healthy, but there's so much misinformation out there that many of us are sabotaging our health goals without even knowing it. Hi, I'm Carrie, a wife, mom, educator, and certified nutrition coach. After being frustrated by dieting and all the confusion out there about what actually works, I decided to figure it out. And what I discovered on my journey challenged everything I thought I knew about nutrition. And the solution is actually much simpler than you realize. So now, I'm on a mission to disrupt everything you think you know about nutrition too. Welcome to the Diet Disruptors Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our partnership with Kayani Incorporated. Kayani's mission of bringing hope through wellness and opportunity aligns with everything we do at Disruptive Nutrition, which is a big reason why we decided to partner with them. Our passion of giving women hope where they don't see any after years of dieting is such a focus of ours that when Kayani approached me about their product line and desire to support people around the world to ditch the diet and support people in the nutrition approach we follow, we knew we had to work together. Kayani's unique and innovative products support our nutritional approach and enhance what we teach by creating an environment in our bodies to help reduce inflammation, optimize digestion, balance blood sugar, increase circulation, and support collagen resilience. My daily protocol involves starting the day with their Sunrise, an antioxidant with vitamins that support the reduction of inflammation, along with their HL5 collagen, which helps to hydrate my connective tissue, build muscle, and so much more. I couple that with Nitro Extreme, to produce nitric oxide, which is known as the molecule of life. Nitric oxide supports healthy circulation and our body's ability to absorb and deliver nutrients. Without the ability to absorb and deliver nutrients, even if our nutrition is on point, we won't reap the benefits that we could be. So after I have those beginning supplements, I then have my PFC Balanced Protein Shake from Kayani, and that brings in the L-citrulline amino acid, which gets processed by the kidneys and then creates a long version of nitric oxide. So it's the entire system of the nitro effect that Kayani offers. It's not just one product here, but how it all fits together is totally unique. Their entire system, when paired with our nutritional approach of eating in threes, creates this environment in your body that it loves and will respond to unlike any diet or supplement regime on the market today. So check out our site at disruptivenutrition.com shop for more information on how our partnership with Kayani truly is designed to take your health and weight loss goals to a whole new level. Oh, hey, my diet disruptors, Carrie here. And we have another episode where we are going to talk about something that women literally tell me all the time is a major problem for them. And what I can't figure out 
is why we're not realizing what an issue this really is or what your body's really telling you. So I also find it so interesting with this one problem, with this one issue that we think it's our fault, that we blame ourselves. And so we are going to dig into a topic that I think is going to be super eye-opening for you today. What's the topic? Cravings. If you are watching me live right now, then go ahead and put cravings in the comments. And if you're watching me either on replay or you're listening to this on our podcast, go ahead and put it in the comments anyway, because we see them all and we want to know that you're watching or listening with us. And then I'd love to know what your issues with cravings are. What do you crave? When do you crave? Why do you think you crave? This is what we're going to dig into today. Because when we talk to women, now we do so much work with our clients and we're so proud of the work that we do. I love to bring clients onto our podcast to inspire you to know that there is hope, that truly you don't have to diet all the time. But I also know that we have to help those and work with those that are not necessarily our clients. That's why we do these episodes, but it's also why my coaches all have to have openings on their calendars to be able to meet and talk with women who are struggling and who want a plan. I always say, regardless of where you are in your journey, there is a place for you at Disruptive Nutrition and we mean it. We want to be able to connect with you. Now, we don't always have tons of spots available. It depends kind of how busy we are and how much capacity my coaches have. But if you have not gotten on a coach or a coach call with us, you don't know what you're missing. There's so much inspiration. There is so much, there's so much almost healing that comes from spending time talking about your experiences, your stories. And working with another person to be able to say, okay, let's figure out a plan for you. But every single woman, I would literally, mm, I'd probably say, and if my coaches are listening right now, I'd love for you to tell me if you think that this is true. I'm going to go out there and just say every single woman we talk to tells us about how problematic their cravings are, how problematic their cravings are. 100%, 100%, put it 100 in the comments uh, if you agree that just about everyone you know says something about cravings. Now, I'm going to tell you, my cravings are pretty much nil, but when I have them, I know exactly why. And... I would say that my clients could all tell you that as well. I would tell you my clients could all tell you the difference between an emotional craving and a physical craving. And if you can't do that, you're missing out. Because what would you do if you actually had known that a craving was a physical craving, something your body needed that was lacking versus an emotional craving where you think it's because you're just stressed or you're bored or whatever it is. If you don't know the difference, wouldn't you do two different things? Yeah, but we don't know the difference. So what we do is we often just give into it and we eat and then we feel guilty and we have all these issues and it never curbs the craving. And because we never actually figured out why the craving came in the first place, 
it's going to come back. And we end up on this cycle and women will come to us all the time on a coaching call and say, I, the, the cravings are outrageous. And it's so funny because it's always like, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Then when we start digging in and I say like peeling back the layers of the onion, the truth is that the cravings are like taking over. Right. So I'd love to hear from you if that's the case, but you're craving if it's a physical craving, which I will say all day long, you likely don't know the difference between if it's a craving, because it could feel very much like it's a physical need, or it could feel very much like it's an emotional need, like depending on what you're thinking it is. But that is your body speaking to you. If you have a physical craving, your body is literally saying like, it's like the check engine light is coming on in your, in your body. I talk about this all the time. We are a refuel as you go machine and your body talks to you telling you, hey, the gas is low. The check engine light needs to come on. The windshield wiper fluid needs to come in. Like our body tells us all of these things. And what I love is that our clients all know exactly when one of the lights comes on, what it's saying, why it's saying it, what to do about it. But I think so many of us don't realize it. And, and at some point, you know, if like you leave the check engine light on, and it's like, maybe it's just a glitch in the computer, but maybe it's not. And you just sort of let it sit there or, you know, another, like another light. I don't know. I don't, I don't pay attention to them very often <laughs> to be very honest with you. I pay attention to my body much more than I pay attention to the lights in my car. But how many of you realize, ah, the check engine light can be on for a while. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, then eventually something gives in in that car, right? And you're like, oh, I guess it wasn't so fine. But maybe you were able to probably drive it for a really long time before anything happened, right? It's like what happens with your body. Your body is giving you signals and telling you things. And then you kind of ignore it. You're not really sure what it is. It could just be this or it could be that or it could just be because I'm tired or stressed or whatever it is. And then eventually something big happens, like a diabetes diagnosis. Or suddenly you're like, oh, how did I get to this weight? Or you are have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. You're simply not sleeping at night. Massive hot flashes, hormones are out of whack. I mean, like you could name the list of things where it's like, boom, I warned you, but you didn't listen. So now we have to go here, right? And this is why I talk about the statistic all the time. And it's really scary. 88% of deaths right now. That's nine out of 10 people are dying from a metabolic disease. A metabolic disease has everything to do with a dysregulated blood sugar. What do we teach at Disruptive Nutrition? Blood sugar stabilization. It's the core foundation of what your body needs. And your body is telling you all day long that it needs it. In fact, like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, stroke, even, even cancer, but diabetes, obesity, like we could go on heart disease, on and on and on, anything that ends in itis, all really comes from the same root cause. Doctors will often like try to find different things or give you a bunch of different medications and all of that. But at the end of the day, it all comes, it could all be tracked in one way or another to a dysregulated blood sugar. So when you start to get signals from your body, how about we don't ignore them? How about we actually start to listen to them? And cravings is one of them. So I actually follow a ton of different like nutritionists and, and health coaches, nutrition coaches, all, all of them, right? 
And one that I follow actually recently came out with a chart on being able to determine the difference between emotional cravings and physical cravings. And I was like, oh, this is such BS. Now, let me tell you why. I don't think it's BS. I had to like check my own mindset. It's not BS for most people. Mm, maybe I'm going to say that again. It's not BS for the concept that there is physical craving difference and emotional craving difference. It is BS because you, if you are not actively learning how to balance your blood sugar in the way that we teach, you won't be able to tell the difference. It's going to be really hard. So you can have a pretty chart on what physical is and what emotional craving is. But at the end of the day, if you aren't eating correctly, the two get all interspersed and you really still have no idea. Okay. And so this particular group that I follow is all about intuitive eating. Now, the concept of intuitive eating, I love. But the process, the program of intuitive eating falls short because we don't learn how to speak our body's love language first to be able to actually be intuitive with our body. If I just was intuitive with my body and my blood sugar is low, my body's going to tell me I need carbs and I'm going to go for intuitively what I feel like I need, as opposed to proactively understanding what my body needs because I'm a human and I have blood that runs through me and cells and we know that blood sugar stabilization is what we need, eating in that way so that then once my body is starting to speak the same language that I am, we can communicate. If we don't do that, we're never going to be able to really communicate effectively. It's like we're speaking two different languages to each other. A lot of you know that my daughter, my youngest daughter, Ellie, is adopted. She was adopted from Malaysia. We were living in Singapore at the time that we adopted her. She was 10 weeks old and she's Malaysian Chinese. And she, when we were three, we were taking a trip to China. Now she's not from China, but she's Malaysian Chinese. And she was super, super cute. And she said, listen, when we get to China, I'll speak Chinese. I'll, I'll help you all out because I'm Chinese. And so I'll be able to speak it. She really thought that as soon as she entered into the country of China, she would suddenly be able to speak Chinese. And we get there. And she's like, I remember so clearly, this is like 13 years ago. She gets down. She literally land. She stands on the ground in the airport and she goes, oh, I, I can't, I can't speak Chinese. <laughs> and when my husband and I had first heard her say, don't worry, I'll speak Chinese. We didn't say anything. We just thought it was super cute, but she remembered it. And she's like, oh, I can't speak Chinese. And I, and I kind of feel like that when it comes to maybe the concept of intuitive eating, it's like, okay, I'm going to eat intuitively. And then you go and you just like say, okay, today I am intuitively eating. And then you're like, oh, I, I can't speak to my body. I don't know what it's saying. Oh my goodness. You can't just like one day decide to do that. As a person who is recovered, recovering, I think I'm always recovering, but recovered from an eating disorder, I was trained very unsuccessfully, I might add, to just eat, just eat and not think about the food and really work hard to be able to position my brain and my body into just fuel, feeding it when it feels like it needs to be fed. Well, without any knowledge about food, 
I struggled with that. And, and this is where I think we, we swing the pendulum from one side to the other side and we got to land in the middle where it's just like, I always talk about like a budget. Like if you just go and say, just spend your money, just spend it. Don't think about it. Just go and spend it. Well, you're going to be broke, right? But if you are just too tight with it and you were like every single penny and you're super frugal, you're not going to live. The, the, the balance has to be somewhere in the middle where you have the right mindset and philosophy about money. You give generously and you're smart about it. You make good investments. You're aware. You keep, you know, you, you keep an eye on what you're doing. I, I think of our nutritional journey like that. And I wish somebody had explained that to me when I was going through all of it. Cause I just felt like I either had to be obsessive or I was not allowed to think about it at all. Well, that's not going to work because if we just don't think about it at all and we just eat whatever, then our body's never going to be able to get what it wants. And how would we know if we never learned? And if we are obsessive and tracking and depriving and, and dieting and, and always thinking about it and never going out or never doing things because we're always on a diet, well, then that's not living. So we got to be somewhere in the middle. We got to kind of have a budget. And I don't mean a budget where we have a certain amount of food for the day. I mean, guardrails. I mean, you can go anywhere you want and eat whatever you want, but you understand food and you understand how it works in your body. And just like when my daughter <laughs> couldn't speak the language because she landed in the country of where her origin was from, she we can't just speak our body's language and just say, listen to your body without actually learning the language our body speaks. And our body speaks the language of blood sugar stabilization. Once we understand and learn that and have those guardrails, then our body and, our, and us are going to be able to speak together. And then we're going to be able to deal with what? The, the thing that everybody says is an issue? Cravings. All right. So let's talk about that. When you have a dysregulated blood sugar, when you don't actively understand how to balance your blood sugar without tracking and without being obsessive and without all of that, well then your body is going to be on a blood sugar roller coaster. And we know that a blood sugar roller coaster really means that you are not only setting yourself up for a whole wackadoo of a metabolism, but your hormones get out of whack and your body's like, whoa, what's happening? So when you're really, really hungry, your blood sugar gets really low. You know that. And I'm going to explain to you where some of those, those cravings come from. So when we don't eat, when we deprive ourselves, so you can call it keto, you can call it intermittent fasting, you can call it counting your points, counting your calories, all of that requires deprivation. At some point, you're going to be hungry, like really hungry. You don't eat until noon. We're a refuel as you go machine, right? So we don't refuel, then we extend energy and our blood sugar gets low. Our entire, our body's entire goal is to have its blood sugar stabilized. So what does it do? Well, it says, hey, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Feed me. And what does it need? It needs sugar. It needs carbs. It needs all of those things because it's like the blood sugar's low. And so that craving is not emotional. That is a physical craving that your body is saying, hey, girl, I need some carbs. But if you fight it and you don't acknowledge it because you're on a diet, and you're going to muscle through it. Well, then your body's going to get the message that you're not going to feed it what it needs. So it's like, all right, fine. It becomes chicken little and says, if you're not going to help me, I'm going to go do it myself. I'm going to go make the bread myself. And it goes and gets those nutrients that it feels it needs to balance its own blood sugar by releasing insulin and going and grabbing the most nutrient-dense part of your body, your muscles. 
And so the more insulin that you really release, the more problematic it becomes. And the more your body has to do it on its own, the less and less it's going to yell at you because it knows you're not going to do it. So then when you're like, oh, I'm just not hungry anymore. Now you are literally unable to listen to your body. It's like you have stepped foot in China thinking you, just like Ellie did that because you're in China, you can speak Chinese. Well, you have stepped foot in your body and your body's no longer talking to you. And you realize I can't, I can't listen to my body. It's not telling me what it needs. It's going and working on its own to balance its own blood sugar. It's less efficient to do that. And a whole lot of issues come with that. Then when you are really hungry and I have, we have recently had a bunch of coaching calls with women who just admit, and I understand this because this was me, that they binge on the weekends. They try to be quote unquote good all week. And then they're bad on the weekends. Oh my gosh, the binary, the guilt, the shame, the feeling of like self-worth around good and bad. That's a whole nother conversation. Well, when we binge or when we just overeat carbs, okay. Or when we overeat in general, think about your big Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, oh, I'm so big, like Joey Tribbiani and friends. And he has his Thanksgiving day pants, which are Phoebe's maternity pants. That's when your blood sugar gets really high. Okay. So when your blood sugar gets really high, you start to slow down your metabolism. Your body does not metabolize food. Your digestion is all an issue. All of that connects to your gut. And now you then don't eat for a really long time. Okay. Believe it or not, when we do something like that, we got to trigger our body back into believing that we're going to actually serve it. And we need to eat actually like three or four hours later, but nobody's going to feel like it. So again, unable to listen to your body. So that's when your cravings go all out of whack and you crave chocolate, you crave potato chips, you crave bread. You don't crave lean chicken because your blood sugar is all out of whack. And so when you are actually balancing your blood sugar and you're not relying on your body to do it for you. Oh my goodness. Now the cravings go away because your body physically is balanced. And so if you do have cravings, now you know it's emotional. And we have a whole nother set of strategies to deal with when we know it's being triggered by boredom, it's being triggered by stress, it's being triggered by a habit that maybe wasn't serving us that we didn't even realize we were doing. Our emotional connection to our blood sugar is incredible. I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor back a few weeks ago. At some point, I'll do a whole episode on that. I've been working on that with all of our clients in our membership group and sharing, um, sharing that. But I was wearing continuous glucose monitor. I had a meal that balanced my blood sugar. We call it PFC, a protein, fat, and carb. I mean, that's about as simple as I can, it, I can make it for you. Uh, and I'll, I'll share that a little bit in a second, but I had a PFC meal just about an hour before. And I know that I, I'll, I'll start to feel hungry again in about three hours because I can speak my body's language and I understand what it's saying. And I can now eat intuitively. I know when I'm hungry again and when my blood sugar is going to start to dip. And I intuitively am able to respond because my body and I speak the same language now, the love language of PFC. And so I'm in target. And I'm like, you know, when you're like using your cart and you're walking with your cart and your hands are, your forearms are like on the cart and you're like texting and you're like all the people with their head down in the phone. That was me. My kids were there, they're, you know, they're teenagers. So they're off doing their target thing and I'm doing my target thing. And a text comes through that like triggers me. I get really like stressed about it. I, some, I don't have to get into the details. I get triggered and I'm stressed. 
And now I'm like, I got to respond. So now I dropped a response. I send it over to somebody to look at. Then they rip it. It was like a very stressful 30 minutes in Target. And I finally dealt with it and moved on. Well, when I scan my continuous glucose monitor to look at my blood sugar level, now I don't do that all the time. It was experimental, a lot of, lot of things around it. My members all know my blood sugar spiked. My blood sugar spiked during that exact time in Target. The stress level went up, cortisol levels went up, boom, blood sugar up. Now body had to release insulin to be able to try to balance it for me. Now, because I balanced my blood sugar with food, and I don't rely on my body to do it all the time on its own. And I don't like hinder it because I put it on a blood sugar roller coaster. It's like, we're cool, Carrie. We got you. We can release some insulin for you. Don't worry about that because you take care of us. We work together. We got you. So it wasn't like, like, uh, like detrimental that my blood sugar spiked. It is for people who are A, diabetic, or B, not able to control their blood sugar because your body is working so much harder. And that's when cravings and then all over time, a whole lot of other metabolic diseases start to occur. So anyway, as I was saying, in that, that piece, that time in, in my life for that 30 minutes in, in Target, spiked my blood sugar, but my body could handle it. But there is a total connection between our blood sugar and our emotions. And so it's another aspect of the puzzle that we have to be thinking about. Now, when we're eating to balance our blood sugar, we're eating PFC every three, we're eating a carb, a carb will spike our blood sugar. Yes, right? But we need carbs. Carbs fuel our brain. Carbs give us energy. Colorful carbs are the best carbs to have, vegetables and fruits and all of that. But all, all carbs are carbs are carbs but there are some carbs that serve our body and there are some carbs that serve our, serve our soul. And the more that we can serve our body, the better. But when we, when we do have a carb, it's going to spike our blood sugar and our body will release insulin or we could do it for our body so it doesn't have to put ourselves at risk for releasing so much insulin all the time. And I can have a complete protein with it. When I have a complete protein, guess what? Not only does it fuel my muscles, not only does it give me the nine essential amino acids that my body can't produce on its own, but it also releases insulin to counteract that blood sugar spike. And a fat not only helps us absorb and digest our proteins and our carbs, but it helps cushion our or organs and fuel our brains. The three work in synergy, bam, blood sugar stabilization. Now it's more nuanced than that. It's more specific than that, but it is that simple. And when we understand more about food and we have those guardrails and we can balance our blood sugar, unbelievable, bam, blood sugar is stabilized. Cravings, physical cravings, like literally you can be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's, I hear it from my clients all the time. They cannot believe that they don't crave the things that they craved before. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have cravings sometimes, but it's either because we haven't been balancing our blood sugar effectively or more likely once you've been balancing your blood sugar for a while, you're just, it becomes second nature. It's emotional. And then when it's emotional, you have different strategies to deal with it. You can ask yourself the question, what is it? Just stop, stop out and notice. What is it that I'm feeling right now? Why is it that I'm feeling this way? What triggered me earlier today? What triggered me just now? Am I bored? And, and, and actually talking yourself through it and asking yourself some questions. 
And then you pivot your thinking and you literally pivot and say, okay, what if I didn't go to the pantry right now? And I actually distracted myself with something else because I'm not, I'm feeling my body. I'm not physically craving food. My blood sugar stabilized. This is an emotional need and food will not meet that emotional need, but going for a walk will doing 10 squats will maybe just getting out of your own head, right. And going to sit outside in the sun, calling a friend, doing something, folding laundry, for goodness sake, something that might make you feel productive. If you did that and it was a physical craving, your craving need wasn't going to be met. But because you know it's not a physical craving, you can do other things because you realize it's emotional. You can stop, notice, ask yourself some questions and then pivot and start to distract yourself with something else. And then you don't need to fuel yourself in a, in a way that's not going to serve your body or satisfy that craving because it wasn't in a physical craving in the beginning. So I hope that that's helpful in understanding the difference. Now, again, people will say that a physical craving and emotional craving feel very different. And I don't disagree with that, but I will still say, because you're not able to really speak your, your body's love language, if you're not balancing your blood sugar, it's still going to be murky. So the first step is learning how to balance your blood sugar, and then you're going to be able to tell the difference. So instead of fighting this over and over again, why don't we just get on board? Why don't we just get on board? Get yourself a call with a coach and let's just talk through it. And if that's like too far for you, too far gone for you, there's or you're not ready for that yet, that's okay. You can also look at, we have a free seminar five-day seminar that I just put together. Go to disruptivenutrition.com slash seminar and go through five days of digging into this a little bit more. It's totally free and you can get a sense of what we're talking about here. Learn a little bit more and then I want you to commit to getting on a call with a coach, okay? Because that is like, once you say this stuff out loud and share your story, First of all, it moves from the right side of your brain to the left side of the brain. And that's your problem solving side of the brain. That's when you're actually going to start to figure out the solutions for yourself. And then we can help you to figure it out wherever you are on your journey to get a path in place that works for you. We have tons of resources we can share in tons of ways of supporting you. So let's do it. Let's stop the nonsense. The cravings don't have to happen. And just remember, it's not even just the nuisance of a craving. It's your check engine light that's on that you're ignoring that eventually is going to cause you to break down. That's the bigger reason why. Got it? All right, good. Talk to you guys later. Thanks.